Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Perth Fit Fan Podcast. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for everyone that has subscribed. Um, and today we've got a very special guest and um, a friend of ours, um, Kim Bunny, who is, uh, and I've got to get this right yes. because I got it wrong in the post, a yes. uh, nutrition counsellor. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so we're going to delve into what that is. But before we get kicked off, I want to make sure that you guys all know that, first of all, you can put your questions below. Um, as we go through, we'll answer the questions, make sure Kim gets to all of them. Um, so don't be shy, make sure to put them in. Also, we will, or Kim will be giving away an initial consult yep. to one person, valued at 150 bucks. All you got to do is like the post, give it a share, and we'll be announcing it tomorrow. But um, Kim, welcome on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, no, no. My pleasure. Um, so first of all, you're a new mum. Yes, I am. I yes. have a four and a half month old daughter. She's at home with dad at the moment. Yes. So, sucked in. No. <laughs> <laughs> and also, we should point out that, oh no, you kept your shoes on. So, no, so yeah. daddy's Sean Coote, uh. co-owner of Fitness HQ, who's known for wearing no shoes. So, I've yeah. decided to go barefoot for the interview. I'm feeling right at home, thank you. Oh, that's what we like to do, make you feel comfortable. I do you wear barefoot to the movies though, you're not part of the crew. Yeah, I don't think Shell would let me, so that one's definitely <laughs> out. Um, nutritional counsellor. So what is it? So what do you do? So basically, I am, I'm not a clinical nutritionist, I'm not a psychologist, but I'm trained by the Institute of Psychology, so of eating. So basically, I look after people with their mindset around eating, so chronic dieting, binge eating, um, you know, macro, macro plants, make sure that people are eating enough. I see a lot of under-eating people come to me. Um, body image is a massive one, stress management. So when people come to see me, I kind of look at it as a whole approach. Mm -hmm. So I don't just say, here's a diet, go off, and then I wonder why they can't follow it. I basically delve into what is going on for that person, why they can't stay motivated, why there are things that is <clears throat> holding them back and maybe self-sabotaging, and fix those things. So work from here down to make sure that they can basically achieve their goals. So what does that mean in comparison to like a normal nutritionist? Do you still give meal plans? Are you able to still speak about food? Or is it more that just that the psychology or the, the counselling side yeah, of it? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty careful with what I do. If I, if I see a need to refer out, I certainly do. Sure. Um, but basically, I will give them guidelines. So I, my main approach is for everyone to have a healthy relationship with food. Yeah. So I kind of assess each individual and see where they're at. You might find someone that's really... Um, you know, in a good place mentally and they're ready to follow a macro plan, I'll give them their numbers and then I'll sort of give them guidelines on things to eat. But it ultimately, I'll leave the ball in their court on what they want to eat. I don't tell them you can't have this or you can't have that or you should be eating this. It's basically a, a guideline and then, you know, as simple as can be and then they follow it from there. Um, if they come to me and they want to try, I don't know, paleo or <laughs> isogenics or something, I'll say, okay, great, let's do that. Um, and see what you can learn from it. Yep. So uh, I let, put the ball in the client's court so that they can kind of learn what works for them because lots of different things work for lots of different people. It's yep. all depending on where their mindset's at, their reasons for why they want to do things. Yeah. Um, that's super important. So yeah, I sort of strip it all back and try and understand what's going on for them uh, to see what will work for them. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting, and this I guess this ties in well to um, some people would know what I've been going through this year, which is trialing mm. all these these cult diets, yeah. and it's been the biggest learning experience out of anything. And for me, I guess it's drawing to the end of it now, and it's the king, like I feel more set free mm. with I bet. food. Yeah, which is crazy, and I know that you and me have caught up like like a long time ago, and I come mm. from that bodybuilding 
chicken, brown rice, broccoli, feel bad if you eat food or when you do have a cheat, it's a massive binge as opposed to like a lifestyle sort of um, sort of eating plan and we start talking about macros and being able to fit things in and being comfortable with that. And for me, it's been ultra liberating. Mm. Um, and that's why I thought it would be like, like you know, when, when we got in contact, that's why I thought it would be awesome for you to come on because you, you know, you dealt with this on a professional point of view. Yeah. Um, so what are the issues that you come across? Oh, so many. So like you said, the guilt and the shame. Um, I see a lot of restriction and then rebound. And so there's, you know, sometimes a cheat meal can be a, a binge habit and people aren't quite realising that that's what's happening. Well, they are and they're kind of ignoring it and go, oh, well, that's just part of, you know, the, the diet that I'm doing and they accept it. Whereas you can have that pleasure in your diet and that balance mm -hmm. and still get the results you want. So I see a lot of that. I see a lot of chronic dieting. So... I read a stat today that women spend 30 years of their life dieting. Yeah, to me, wow. that's insane. Like, yep. that's, that's intense. That's yep. a lot of energy wasted, a lot of time wasted, and a lot of distraction from actually living your, your actual life. So I see a lot of that. I see a lot of body image, especially with women, and men too. Mm -hmm. um, for men, I see a lot of men just kind of checking out and just being a bit apathetic with life. And In what sense? Like, not caring what they eat? Well, like, yes, drinking and all that yeah, sort of stuff? Yeah, too. So you, I have to understand that food is... a a lot of things for a lot of different people. Sure. Um, it could be boredom. It could be love, pleasure, comfort, um, feeling loneliness. It could be, um, you know, venting anger. So many different... It could be just I'm uncomfortable with whatever feelings I'm having and I want to ease this discomfort. So yep. it can, it's a lot of emotional eating that comes to see me as well. But the biggest thing of all is under-eating. I don't think people okay. realise, and you probably have learned this yourself with tracking macros, just how much food that we need. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's the best part, because when you track it, yeah. I like, I'm, I, um, you, you understand how much you can eat. Yeah. On the days that I haven't tracked, or I've tracked later, and I've got caught up with work, or something's happened, um, I might eat something like a thousand calories under mm. wow. what I'm supposed to. Wow. And what that would do for performance, like, you know, mm. when we're in here, we're in the gym, um, and obviously that's, that's, that's part of what we do in that CrossFit scene, um, you can't, you can't no. compete you like really that. Can't. But as a person in general day-to-day -day life, it's like you can't live. Like, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. I think to the best of your capacities. Oh, absolutely. Well, you need you need fuel, like glycogen, carbohydrates, just to fuel your brain. So, And uh, there's so many people out there that are eating low-carbohydrate diets, and they come to see me, and they're complaining of fatigue and poor sleep mm. and bad moods and bad performance and bad recovery, and they're eating barely anything. And I say to them, how long have you been on this diet for? And it's always a very long time. Yeah. And it's never gotten them where they've wanted to go. Um, and then they've got all these health issues now on top of that, and they're feeling terrible. Mm. And all they want is just to lose a bit of weight. And then also their goals. Yeah. What are their goals? Like, what are they trying to achieve? Oftentimes, it can be a little bit unrealistic. So I try to work with them on managing their expectations as well. Sure. Yeah. And what, um, like, when someone comes in, are they generally entry level? Are they like elite athletes? Like, who are you dealing with, and what goals are they trying to get? All types. Yep. All types. I'll get your, you know, your mum of three that wants to have abs, or I'll get, um, you know, which is really tough. Like that, that's a hard thing to do. Yeah, um, that's hard for a male, like absolutely. in their 20s to do, let alone, yeah. a, you know, a mum of three. Yeah, like, I've got a baby. I know how tough it is now to juggle just one baby. Yeah. And then, you know, meals and cooking and sleep, which is a huge um, factor in, in all of this as well, and stress. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and, you know, and then I might get, you know, uh, I see a lot of CrossFitters 
um, around the place, obviously, because I work from um, CrossFit Frantic and HQ. Mm -hmm. um, so I see a lot of people coming to me to want to have better performance, uh, but mostly better energy. But there's always an underlying, with any client I see, there's always an underlying factor, and that's they just want to be happy. Okay. At the end of the day, whatever their goal is, they just want to feel good about themselves, and they just want to be happy. Okay. That's okay. We'll keep on going through, and it should, and it should record over the top. It should be sweet. Sorry, guys. I think we just dropped out for a second. We're back. Yeah. <laughs> um, so people, yeah. So you just touched on a really important point, and it's not something that I've thought of before. So essentially, people just want to be happy. Yes. So that's all they want. What does that look like though, and and how does that go back to food like so much, or is this where you delve in and then you find yeah, the underlying um, issues? That's a really broad um, question. Yeah. So yeah. Some people might. Well, how can we reframe that? Um, yeah, I think it's like if someone, I, I guess, has a binging issue, yep. no different to like a drug addiction mm. or alcohol. I would say generally it's come from another reason. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and food is a coping strategy. Yeah. For a lot of people, and that's what I try and find out what they're using food for. So within every, with everything that they have, whether it's binge eating, whether it's stress eating, whether it's um, chronic dieting, there's a motive behind it. So we need to go and find what that motive is and then find other ways to alleviate, what, you know, find other ways to give them another way to, to you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they've got a motive, so we need to find another way to um, alleviate that, if that makes sense. So if they're yeah. eating for stress, how can we manage that stress? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Do you find things like, like tracking... Um, and again, this is, this is, I guess, a, a selfish sort of question because it's what I've discovered <laughs> from ahead. myself, um, is once I started tracking, it was the opposite of restriction. It yeah. was liberation. Yep. Do you find that, and that's with, that's with the alcohol and things as well. Mm -hmm. So I could incorporate, let's say two drinks with this diet, um, you know, at this point in time. And I knew where my green mm -hmm. zones were. Yeah. I knew when I could have these things. And it was great to establish this balance. People that are suffering from binging, because I've never suffered from binging, so mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but people that suffer from those things, once you do have tracking mechanisms in, is it generally easier to comply? I think that is, it's up to the individual. Sure. You know, it depends on why they're binging to start with, because there could be a whole host of different reasons. But I think people like tracking because they like control. And they okay. trust, they can put trust in the numbers. So yep. people... Basically, they choose a diet, they put all their trust in it, and they, they have these expectations that this is the way out, this is my path to happiness, this is it, and they get all excited. And for macros, it, it does work for some people because sometimes the education part of macro tracking is the best part. Yep. Because some people don't realise how much fat is in some of the things they're eating, how much carbohydrates or how little carbohydrates they're eating or how little protein they're eating. And all of these work in harmony with each other. So mm. if we have a good balance, you know, you might take someone that's eating, say, toast for breakfast and then they're having some chips and, I don't know, a burger for lunch and then, um, you know, I don't know, a pie at dinner. And so they're eating a pretty low-protein diet, very carb-heavy. But if you switch that around and say, let's have some more protein, let's have some more healthy fats, um, and then, you know, that might have been a quite high-calorie diet but not a very nutritious diet yeah so when you change it and the macros kind of have to shift you in a way where you need to eat things that are more nutritious mm. to make those macros work for you otherwise if you're just going to have a whole pizza that you're pretty much done for the day sometimes yeah you know? absolutely so especially like the cheese and the meaty sort yeah, of pizzas yeah delicious, absolutely but <laughs> that's you want to do every day yeah, yeah true yeah. yeah so the macros it can work in, in a really good way and absolutely right for me, I, I used to work for Eat to Perform. I'm not sure if you've 
where they're a company in America. So okay. I was one of the other two coaches in Australia that worked for them. But that's basically cool. a macro tracking company. So I learned yep. a lot through those guys. And I actually came on board because I was a member with them. Okay. And that's for me. Like I had a history of um, orthorexia, which is when you go down that, you know, you only clean foods. Everything okay. was toxic and yucky and right, I'm going to die. Orthorexia. Yeah, so basically I was obsessed with clean eating. Okay. And normally it's partnered with overtraining, so I ended up with chronic fatigue on top of that, which was nice. Yeah. Um, and I got to the point where I would not even have a cup of tea with mum because I was like, no, milk is the devil, you know, it's not clean, I can't eat it. Yeah. And so I went through all of that and then I went through the paleo phase yep. and I remember having a massive argument with Sean because I told him I can't eat cheese. For a whole month, I can't eat anything unless it's paleo. And then yep. he came home and I'm like sprinkling cheese on my steak. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, yeah. I just wanted some cheese. And I just got really upset. I think it was not a good time of the month or something, but yeah. I snapped. <laughs> and, you know, like, that's what I mean. Like, restrictive diets and things, they don't just affect mm. your body. They affect your moods and your mindset. It, it, you know, it, it goes deep. So, yeah, yeah. for me, realising that, hey, whoa, I can get results and have some chocolate after lunch and dinner, which I still do every day, was great. I, I, yeah, I was able to let that guilt go. Yeah. I think that's um, orthorexia. Mm. I, th I think that's something that a lot of people that mm. would listen can relate to, um, and in a big way, especially if they come from that bodybuilding yeah. background, because it is... I think now we now we like the flexible dieting with the if and fit your macros. Mm. I think that people are a bit more open. Yeah. But definitely back when I was doing it, it was you had to eat clean. You couldn't have sauces. It was so painful to get ready like for a comp because it wasn't how it is now yeah. where you can look at your macros and things like that. So I can understand like where that stems from and where the binging stems from. But how did you overcome it? What did you what like if I can ask personally yeah, before we start talking about other ways? But how did you personally overcome it? Okay, so I, I have to probably go back a little bit in my story. So I, I won't go into the incident, but if you want to read about it, um, it's on my blog. Cool. Um, at we can, we'll link back to it yeah, after cool, this. Yeah, cool. So basically, I, I had a traumatic event maybe six, seven years ago. Um, and that, I didn't process that event at the time. I just went on with my life. And that's how I developed orthorexia. It was a distraction from the previous event. So I had all these feelings of guilt and shame and hurt. And rather than processing them and grieving at the time, I basically was like, oh, those feelings are too much. I'm just going to put this over the top. So just distract myself with intense training and intense dieting. Mm -hmm. And that worked for a while until I came and landed with chronic fatigue. Sure. Yeah, because I was eating so clean. I was pushing myself so hard. I'd go and, you know, I was working as a PT. So I'd go into a bodybuilding session and then I would go and ride 10Ks on my bike and then I'd do a CrossFit session and I'd come back to the gym at night and do like, abs and buys or something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> well, not to say if you do that, it's stupid, but it was stupid at that point because I'd already done enough that day. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then I couldn't understand why I ended up with chronic fatigue. I had to see an endocrinologist. I had an MRI scan on my brain. They said my pituitary gland was off. Yeah. At all of these things, I went through a naturopath. Nobody could tell me what was wrong until I started doing my studies with the Institute of Psychology of Eating and I realised, oh my gosh, I've got PTSD, this is undigested trauma yep. and it's presenting in um, different symptoms and behaviours to get my attention. So for me, to heal my orthorexia, I basically had to go back and revisit the past trauma and basically work through that and process those emotions and grieve and allow myself to let go of the guilt and the shame. Yep. Um, and from there, I was able to free myself from that. 
So I, I was in a happy place mentally and then everything followed on physically. So that's a lot of what I do as well. Like I talk about healing physical, uh, sorry, mental pain to heal physical symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so, and obviously the macros helped as well. It just okay. basically gave me a platform where I could go, wow, I'm eating cake and I'm, I'm you know, down to 12% body fat. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's like the best part is when you get to that point when you're happy with who you mm. are, but you are yeah. genuinely fit too. And that is so true. Like, I think, uh, I know that there's a lot of um, things out there saying, live an authentic life and it's a bit like cheesy, but it's so true yeah. because if you're not happy with everything in your life, it's going to come back and it's going to affect your eating habits. So if you are going to work and you hate work every day, your alarm goes off, you're like, oh, you're probably going to want to eat some delicious chippies and pies <laughs> or whatever, nachos or whatever you want at lunchtime because you're bored at work. You want to find some pleasure. You want to find something enjoyable in your day. Mm. Um, you, know, you might come home and you've had a, a crap of a day and you just want to drink a bottle of wine. <laughs> if you came home and you had the best day ever because you love your job, are you more likely to drink a bottle of wine than Absolutely if you had not. a terrible day? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So that's how it's all kind of um, integrated. And, and when I started following my heart, and, and this is when I found um, this business and started this up, that's when things just became easy. Like I started, you know, loving myself for who I was and I let go of all that past stuff. And I, you know, I, I loved my body regardless of what it looked like or what it could do. Or and, and I, It was less... The bodybuilding for me was a lot about what it, what's the outside. Absolutely. It didn't really yeah. take any attention to what's going on inside. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think that's so important. Like I started to appreciate who I was for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so interesting because um, I, I guess even through my 20s up until my later 20s, um, that was my scene. Mm. And I wouldn't go to the beach. Oh. Yeah, because unless you were like shredded and your tan was <laughs> right and someone was going to know that your chest didn't match your shoulders. Oh, God. And, <laughs> Shame. Yeah, 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 that was right. I was like, oh, no, they're going to know that my chest isn't big enough for my biceps. <laughs> and, yeah, that was it. And there was only one year that I dieted for 16 weeks wow. to make sure that the tan was, and I was like at the beach every day. But, um, yeah, such a different mindset. Yeah, and my point is when I, when I meet people like that and, I, and they say, I just want to get back to this, that's when I was my happiest. And I'm like, but were you? Were you, were you your happiest then? I was, I was happy because I was in shape, but I was happy because I was in a good place in life okay, as well. I was surrounded different. by good people yeah. and I wasn't diet, like it wasn't hard to diet like yeah. that. Yeah. It was for me just task oriented and I wanted yeah. to do it. Um, but also, good point to mention, you did that for 16 weeks. You weren't doing it for 30 plus years. No. Trying to achieve this ultimate goal of being yeah. again. But the funny thing is, I still look at that back, I still look back at that now and I'm like, oh, I would like to be like that. Should I go through it? But I'm in a different situation in life mm. where the sacrifice to do that, yes. um, I like to hang out with Shell. I like to be in decent shape all the time. Yep. I could do that, mm. but the sacrifices would probably outweigh. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I think to sort of speak to with my clients about as well. Is I'm like, okay, you want abs. This is what you need to get them. Mm. Are you willing to do that? Will, okay, you want abs because in here you think it's going to make you happy. Can you be happy now without having to put yourself through all that? Yeah. You know, you can still be healthy. Like, you don't have to have abs to be healthy. You could, there's a lot of people that are healthy at all different sizes. You can still be healthy without, you know, and have a life, yeah. you know? 
Yeah. Enjoy yourself. I think, yeah, I think that's key too. James, there's a guy, James Smith, and I've started... I love him. Yeah, I love yeah. him, love him. Favourite dude on the internet yeah. at the moment. Um, and he put something out about competition. Um, and again, it's, I don't want to have like a ragged, like the bodybuilding scene, but no, if we're looking at like all. body image, yeah, um, more so than anything. And he's saying everyone has this goal of... Actually, I think he liked or commented on the post. I do, I Yeah, I, I remember great. now. I actually it myself. Yeah. And, and it's so good because like everyone has this extreme, unachievable goal, unless you're genetically switch to be like that like like Sean like your partner mm -hmm. he's definitely a very lean very guy lucky. yeah shredded all the time but I will say for point out he does work hard too he does yeah and he eats a good range of foods that he would enjoy too oh he really yeah he does yeah. like he got set to me feeding last cookie today like, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly so um but in this post it was the majority of people aren't like that exactly. um and so if you want to achieve that goal and what you have to go through in your life and you can only maintain it for a mm -hmm. few weeks until you go yeah. back to normal yeah. and then it's like it's just it's and not all achievable that for what? all of that for what like yeah. I, I talk to my clients about what's maintainable yeah what do you what can we do that is going to be enjoyable and maintainable and you can still feel good yep. so, and I think what people need to understand is that our bodies all have a healthy set point weight so I don't know for one guy it might be 100 kilos for one guy it might be 60 for one woman 70 whatever like, it, you might be bigger but that's where your body sits comfortably and that point for you is when you are getting enough sleep you're eating a good balanced diet you're training for fun because you enjoy it and mm -hmm. you're doing it regularly. You're not pushing and punishing yourself into it. And, you know, everything else is kind of, you've got all your ducks in the row. Like, you're happy at work in your relationship. You're managing your stress. That is when, if you get all those things into place, that's when you're going to look your best. Yeah. And feel your best. Yeah, I think um, that's a really good point with the training side of stuff and just being consistent. And that's why communities in training mm. work well, I think. That's why, and, and I'm a big fan of communities in any Same. fitness. If I had to give advice to anyone like who was outside of fitness and they said, what should I do? I would say, join a community-based yep. fitness gym and basically follow like a, a macros program mm. with the foods that you enjoy. That yeah. would be, if I yeah. had two answers, it would literally just be that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, moving forward from that one, on the flip side of all of this, and we're talking about extreme people, mm. what about people who are unfit and from a, I guess from your point, from a counseling point, we know they're out of shape. Mm. Yeah. At what point can someone authentically be happy or what guidance would you give them without anyone taking the advice because it's not one-on-one -on -one and mm. personal yeah, yeah, of course. for someone who's out of shape to be happy but get in better shape? Well, I would start with, a, I love this exercise, and I would say firstly, write a desire inventory and write down everything that you want in your life and then go about getting it. Because okay. at the moment, if you are, you know, and I'm not saying that everyone that's out of shape is not living a life that they love. They absolutely yeah. can be. But, and you know, there's all kinds of different reasons that people hold weight, all kinds of different reasons. So I'm certainly not pigeonholing anyone. Sure. Um, but sometimes when people have gained weight, it's because they're using food for a certain reason. Um, it could be, it could be, you know, for protection. Maybe they've had trauma in the past mm -hmm. um, and they're using it for protection to make them feel safe. Um, maybe they don't want attention from, maybe it's a woman, she doesn't want attention from men, so she's using the weight as protection there or to keep attention away. Okay. Or they don't want to be seen, like some people are super insecure, they don't want to be seen, they want to hide behind that. Yeah, well. So there's so many different reasons that people hold on to weight. Yep. Um, but it, for the person that, I would say, you know, ha have a look at what it is that you want out of life and are you getting it? If you're not getting it, Go, on, go and try and get it. Yeah. And if you have some, you know, some things from the past that need resolving, go and see someone. Yeah, sure. Don't waste your life with 
this heavy burden when you can set yourself free from it. You can go to the doctor, get a free mental health plan, yeah. and see a psychologist. Yep. Or just see a counsellor. You might be someone that just likes to get some stuff off your chest each week. Maybe it's not even that, you know, terrible. You just want to vent. Yeah, And that's sure. okay too, you know. So, yeah, that would be the first place I would definitely start is to work out what's going on in here. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Um, before you were talking about with your diet and what, sorry, what you went through um, and just eating clean, um, with a lot of the information that's out there on online, I think it's extremely confusing. And mm. we're looking at things like dairy. You c no one can have dairy. Your stomach can't process milk mm. and gluten and um, these extremities. And I, I dealt with this last year, actually, um, because I was told I couldn't have all these things. And it became yeah. so restrictive that yeah. I was like kind of lost as to what I could eat. So I'm so glad going through this experiment this year because I can actually honestly say, well, no, these yeah. things aren't technically true. You know yeah, which has, been, which has been awesome. Yeah. Um, Keto, vegan, whatever these diets are, I'm just saying those ones because I've done them, but do people come to you previously doing this sort of stuff that just don't know? Like, they're just like, well, what's the answers? Like, yeah. there's all this, Hi, should I do low carb? Should yep. I do this? Like, yep. I don't want it. That, like, it's, 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 it's sickening within itself. Yeah. So the thing I like to point out is that a fact cannot save us. People are constantly jumping from one fact to the next. Maybe I'm missing this. Maybe I'm missing that. Oh, I shouldn't have been doing this. Oh, I shouldn't have been doing that. Oh, you know, so they just think that it's going to happen and they just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and not doing what's right for their body. Yeah. So, you know, I talk a lot about self-love and I think when people think of self-love, they think, oh, loving the way they look, which is part of it. But self-love is also about having self-respect for your body and just getting back to trusting it and listening to it and doing what feels right for it. And a lot of people are ignoring it. Yeah, you know, sure. they're doing the paleo, but they're not eating enough carbohydrates, um, and then they're feeling really fatigued, and they're wondering why. Or they've, um, you know, doing protein, and then they're getting a lot of gas, and they're <laughs> wondering why. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't agree with you. You need to start listening more to your body and going, does this work for me? Yeah, sure. Because different things work for different people. I actually have a, that's, that's funny talking about doing something which gives you a lot of gas or, or gives you issues, <laughs> but people parts. still do it. Yeah, well, protein's, protein's one, mm. um, which um, can for some people, for me, I'm okay, but being vegan yeah. ruined me. Three months. And, and they're like, no, 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 you'll be sweet. Yeah, oh, oh, I felt so bad. I'm like, babe, this is, I'm sorry. Um, for three months. And oh, gosh. yeah, I've never like been so gassy in my life. Yeah. So my question, especially if there's any vegans at the moment, if you know, obviously, that amount of fibre or lentils or whatever it was, mm -hmm. obviously, is not sitting well. Yeah. Um, if somebody wants to be vegan, but you have these issues, at what point do you say, listen, it's probably time to address this because yeah. your body's not functioning well? Yeah, yeah look, that, that's, once again, I put it back in my client's court. If they are uncomfortable, I'm not going to tell them you have to stop doing this because mm. being a vegan might be super important to them and it's yeah. a noble thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but they need to decide whether or not it's worth the risk, or, the, or not the risk, but the payoff for them. They need to say, okay, I feel horrible, but I'm doing this and that makes me feel good morally. Yeah. Is, is it worth it? Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, so. It's an interesting question because, mm. I, like you said, it is a very um, honorable thing. And personally, I feel better. Yeah. Like, I think just mentally, I don't even know what it is, but there's definitely something about it where you feel better day to day. But I'm like, man, I can't live fighting like. 
And then I think then, then if we are delving into the other extreme dieting, whether that's paleo, keto, whatever it is, do you feel like people establish their identity as I'm a paleo person or I'm a keto yes. and they cannot disagree with it. They cannot agree with anything outside of that. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes when, it's, when people come to me and they want to try a new diet, I say, let's just not put a label on it. Yeah, so if someone point. says, I want to be a vegan, I, can, I say, okay, well, let's just try this new diet. Let's not label it because you might decide... I want to drink milk again, or yeah. I can't live without cheese. Yeah. And then you feel terrible because you want to be vegan, but you want the cheese. Yeah. So don't label it. Just say, I'm just eating this way. That's and then the me. thing is, you eat the cheese, yeah. and then you I get hella quiet. depressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. literally that's how it works. And you know, and then you get the guilt and the shame, and then that snowballs, and then sometimes that ends up rebound binging. Yeah. So you know, there's this, there's this whole lot of self-chosen stress around dieting, and stress is a huge factor with body composition and so many different symptoms that stress can present in the body and emotionally and physically and intellectually. Yeah. Um, so I always try and weigh out, I go, is it worth the stress? Some clients, they're not built for macros. It stresses cool. them out. Okay. They might be a little OCD and they have to get it right on the number and they, you know, that's more stress for them than it would be to eat mindfully or something like that. And that spins me out because I had this conversation with someone the other day and now I'm so hell-bent on, hey, be liberated, like, yeah. just trust me, stick to macros, have a little bit of, every, like, you know, yeah. live your life, but just stick with this and you'll be sweet. And they looked at me and they're like, nah, can't do it. Like, it yeah. just, you know, I think if, if, what was the answer? There's something like, if they're an accountant, like the kind of person oh, where everything needs to be it. spot yeah, on, yeah. yeah, they're just like, it's going to do their minds in. Oh, and really? Sometimes it, I find the people that love numbers thrive on it. Oh, I don't know. They love that, just putting it all in a little neat column. I just find, like, I just can't understand now how you could not want to do it because it allows you to live life if you do it. But yeah. I, I don't know, anyway. And see, that's what, like, you're coming back to the people that identify as paleo or, or, like, vegan or whatever it is. When something works for you, and this is why we have so many people on there <laughs> spouting off all the things they love. When it works for you, you want everyone to be as happy yeah. and free as you. Yeah, And that's true. understandable. Yeah. But people work in different ways. Yeah. And, you know, th different things work for other people. So you just have to, I, I always allow my clients space to choose what's best for them. Yeah. And you don't know until you learn. Yeah. So if you don't try to find, you, you don't know. Yeah. I think like, um, one thing that you said, not labeling, um, you know, not, not labeling yourself as something or not labeling mm. the diet, I think is important. Um, for me, psychologically, like vegan was being good, yeah. but even when I finished, I would love to stay plant-based, but I know I'm, there's going to be times I'm going to be with Shell, I'm going to be mm. with family and I'm going to eat a burger yeah. and I don't want people to be sitting there. Hey, isn't that the guy yeah. with the vegan CrossFitter yeah. Instagram <laughs> yeah. and he's there smashing Facebook like a burger. You yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I never wanted to kind of be in that situation, but yeah. I would like live 80% in where I felt yeah, better. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something for people that they may benefit out of as well. Um, uh, now, my points, tools and things that you use to help people. So um, I've talked about like my fitness pal and these sort mm -hmm. of things. What do you use yourself and what do you suggest for people to use? I have a lot of exercise. I make people do a lot of homework when they come to Oh, really? Me. So a lot yeah. of writing and a lot of homework and a lot of, I think a lot of the work and the breakthroughs happen outside of my consultation room when yeah. I give them time to go away and think. Yep. about the things that we've discussed and assess where they're at um, emotionally, physically, um, in their life. So uh, there are a couple of little apps that I like. One is the Sleep Cycle Alarm because I think 
like you would understand, sleep's super imperative. Yeah, um, oh, massively. To, to everything. Yeah. So I like the sleep cycle alarm, uh, basically because it wakes you up in a gentle cycles. And it's like, like iPhones have horrible alarms. They're not nice to wake up to. What do you mean gentle cycles? Like, how so, does it work? So we have sleep cycles. So our sleep cycles go for 90 minutes. Okay. And basically, we can be in a deep sleep or a light sleep within that cycle. Yep. So if you say, hey, sleep cycle alarm, I need to wake up at 7.30. Um, if you're in a light um, cycle at, say, 7.15, it'll wake you then in the light cycle rather than let you plunge into a deep cycle and then wake you up from the depths of hell. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> okay. I didn't realise that. Yeah, yeah. So yep. I, I really like that. I think it's a nice, nice way to wake up and it, it allows people to kind of track and see, you know, when they're having deep sleep, when they're having and how many hours and just sort of get some data on that, which I think is quite important. Do you need a Fitbit or anything for it to work? No, no, no it's literally just on your iPhone. Okay, yep. yeah. How does it tell when you're sleeping? Oh, okay, so it's got a sensor, sensor, so you pop it face down on your mattress and it senses by movement. Um, and Sean and I have had sleep wars, <laughs> so <laughs> just to make sure that it's not impacting each other's. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, it can tell. Um, that I find cool. Um, any thoughts on like having a phone in bed and things like that? I always put on airplane mode. Okay, and look, cool. Look, I'm not perfect. <laughs> I'm waiting for the naturopath. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always have an airplane mode, and I'm not perfect. You know, yeah. like I still have a bit of an addiction to the screen, which I try to cut off as much as I can. I'm the worst. This could be another oh. comment. This could be another yeah. podcast. Yeah, I'm legit the worst. But yeah. I'm working on it. Yeah, like, that's know? it. But we're not perfect. That's all we can ask. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so sleep cycle. What else do you use? Any, um, any other suggestions that you either do apps, yourself? Yeah, I like, uh, I think managing stress is hugely important. Like that's one of the main things that I discuss in our first consult with everyone. Mm -hmm. um, and there's so many different um, paths we could go down with stress. And I like to talk to people about how they can find other coping strategies for stress. Because a lot of people stress eat. So if we yeah. can find other coping mechanisms for it, and meditation is a good one. Mm -hmm. um, so I like to just tell people, hey, what do you want to attract into your life? Like, do you want to do you want to find love? Do you want a better job? Do you want more inner peace? Do you want better sleep? What do you want? And then I'll say, go and Google that on, um, you know, YouTube, and find something that matches that meditation. Okay. So you know, you might want to listen to Deepak Chopra's uh, Finding Love Meditation tonight. No, you've already got that. Maybe you want to. <laughs> I, I already got love. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. You might have to look back. Well, you might have to get her off I'll, the I'll look for Deepak Chokhova's finding hair. <laughs> I wonder if he's got Well, you never know. I don't think there's a meditation for that one, but you, yeah. That's all right. I'll have to get used to being happy with myself, with who I am. Exactly this is it. it. Exactly We've come to it. conclusions. You're awesome, Brendo. I know. No, no, no. The hat's staying on for this one. <laughs> yeah. um, so, meditation apps, I've used Headspace for yeah, four. Mm -hmm. um, and again, just personal experience. Um, I came off pre-workout. We've had this discussion a few times now. Yeah. So everyone knew I was a massive stim head. I worked in the supplements industry for so long and like, I'll just be full of these fat burners and thermos. Mm. And so a big step for me, especially towards the later end of this year, has been to stop using them and um, try and get my head in tune with my body because they were mm. quite disjointed yeah. being so stimmed up. And so I personally used the Headspace app to try and do that. Um, I find it hard. And again, different things for different people, mm. just sitting there for so long. Totally. So I tend to walk more as a meditation. Yep, yep. Um, but either way, either options, that stillness. Totally fine. Yeah, yeah. makes and, a huge difference. And all it is is just being, sometimes it's not just about clearing your head, but just being with your thoughts and feelings. Yeah. Because so often we just ignore them. Like we can't sit at the lights without scrolling through our phone. Oh. Because that's time alone when we have to think yeah. about life and it's uncomfortable. So we're like, ooh, don't want to do that. Mm. Yeah. So meditation is good to kind of 
think about things and where you're at and how you're feeling and just process some stuff. But you could do other things like visualization. I really love to visualize when I'm trying to get to sleep. Like if I'm having trouble going to sleep, I might um, visualize like a CrossFit movement that I'm trying to master. And I'll yep. just do that over and over and over in my head and feel it. And then that will send me to sleep. Yeah. So that's for me is meditative, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Do yeah. you find that you hit the movements better when you do it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's funny, hey? Especially when I was pregnant, I used to like do that a lot because I couldn't do the stuff. And I feel like some of them are actually better. Yeah. I think that's really important too. And you can go for days. Um, if, you, if you're in a, like a busy cycle, you can go for days without having any still time. Oh, yeah. Where it's wake up, you're always on your mm -hmm. phone. Like you said, you're driving, you're on your phone. Yeah. You get on the worst and I'm probably going to get pulled over on the way home. Um, <laughs> answering <laughs> Snapchats, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're on the phone, you're at work, you're on computers. By the time we go home from this, it's like, okay, it's time to go to bed. Yeah. You know? um, and it, that could be like days in a row and you're like, hold on, I haven't actually spent any time with myself. Mm -hmm. you know? And that's to me, one thing after having chronic fatigue and going through the... Um, training I do with eating psychology was that we have to understand everyone's got the same amount of energy it's how we manage it yeah that's important point. so if you're constantly having you know if you're going to scroll through your Facebook feed you're being overstimulated with so many different things and feelings and thoughts so imagine if you just took like half an hour of that away and just was still for a while how much energy you could regain yeah you know and I think the way you speak to people even like even these things the way you speak to people becomes better um, the way you handle stress, mm, those yes. stressful situ situations become yes. more logical yeah. as well. Yeah. So yeah, I think definitely that um, sleep you touched on. Um, people ask, this is actually a keto thing, and I'm, like I'm not going to slam it, but one of the cell points in keto is the cognitive function from the ketones. Yeah. And first of all, I was like, well, how do you measure it? Mm. Because I did it and I didn't see any apparent yeah. improvement. And my answer is literally, guys, you, if you sleep well, mm. um, your cognitive function will be better. You're going to get a better improvement from good sleep. And if you want to have anything, caffeine is efficient enough for cognitive yeah. function. Um, as opposed to trying to hack so much out and then sacrificing and putting things out. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway. But then also, like, you have to go down that path again. Like, is, is doing keto for the individual, is that going to be more stressful? Yeah. Because if it's more stressful, you're draining energy anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm. But I don't, maybe they're happy because they're part of it, so I don't totally. know. Totally, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing any, any yeah. of that stuff. If it works for you, brilliant. Yeah. I'm happy for you. Yeah, yeah. true point. Um, okay, moving on from there. So any other apps or anything that you use that you recommend yourself? Do you use my fitness power to track? I do, yeah. My fitness pal is, is probably the easiest one. I know there's Calorie King, but I've always just used my fitness pal, so that's what I'm comfortable with. Yeah. Um, and I think once you use it a bit more, it becomes a lot easier. So people starting out, you know, mm. you've got to... And I eat fairly routinely. Um, so mm. it is easier. It creates yeah. a bit good data. It's literally just a swipe. Yeah, yeah like a swipe. Yeah. yeah. One thing that I would like to mention about the macros is that you, while I do think they're great, I do think it's important to transition off it. It's not okay. something that you can do for a long time. Like, I, I mean, I did it for a year and a half. Yeah, sure. But um, I probably didn't need to. Okay. I was really holding on to that as a safety blanket. Yeah, sure. So I think the macros are great in educating yourself on where to get your macro, your protein, fat, carbs from and how much you need and how to meet that with your activity levels. But I think once you've got it, you kind of know. And yeah. so you can kind of transition from that into more of a mindful eating approach. Okay. Um, which is, yeah, that's something I do with, with my small challenges anyway. But yep. I think that it's important to um, be able to let go at some point. Yeah, okay. Because it's not sustainable forever, yep. you know? Yeah, yep. I think that's an interesting point, and obviously I'm in a different cycle now where yeah. I'm going to be like, no, no, you should You're be using it. it. Yeah, yeah, because and that's, that's fine. Yeah, um, except then you know next year we'll see where things are at mm. and like cycling off it. I think definitely once you establish 
what you can eat, portion mm. sizes and these sort of things, then you know that's that's where you can win. Yeah. Um, and actually Dean, who I caught up with, um, who's a prep coach from Queensland, very well, very well known, and he's uh, an advocate of flexible dieting. Yep. In the early stages, he's like, yeah, we teach people how to utilize it, but we go through a 12-week period of educating them. Okay, mm. well, this is where you get your proteins, mm. carbs and fats from. This is how you track it. And then once they reach a point, they still track, but then obviously the idea is, I think, for them to, to be able to live this lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Um, clients that come to you, do they have the same issue where they actually don't understand protein, fats, carbs, where to get them oh, from? Oh, yeah, 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 totally. There's a lot of people out there, that, and there's so much literature coming from all different angles, Everywhere. different opinions. Um, so, yeah, it's confusing. <laughs> yep. Some people think that carbs are bad, some people think that sugar's bad. I just say, it's not the poison, it's the dose. Yeah, you absolutely. You know, like too much, of, too much water you can drown. <laughs> yeah, true. So too much of anything is bad for you. You need to find what feels good for you and what works for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, <laughs> that's actually a really good one. Too much water you can drown. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's cool because then you do get a bit of everything yeah. um, as well. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on as far as something that we might not have gone through? Um, pardon? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's answered. We got some questions? Okay. Uh, Emily Bongers. Bongers. Oh, bong machine. If I get home from work around 10 o'clock, uh, I always find I'm really hungry. What type of food should I be eating before I go to sleep? Uh, well, I would probably, you know, just something balanced, something with protein, fat and carbs. If you are training the next day, it's okay to have a high-carb meal. It really, that's a tough one because it really would depend on the individual. Um, knowing Emily myself, I know that she is tracking her macros at the moment. Um, so I would say if you've got any carbs left, just have a bit of protein and carbohydrate, especially if you're training in the morning. Um, just before we move on, what was the question? Just so I can say it, so it will be on the mic. Um, getting home late, um, very hungry, what should I eat before bed? Oh, okay, she's getting home late, she's very hungry, what she's, she ate. So that was more like probably the don't have carbs before bed sort of stigma, Yeah, I no, guess. you can yeah. do that. That's yeah, fine. You can. Carb backloading, that's yeah. all they do. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I think, um, again, um, speaking into that then, um, for me from a tracking point, I know, hey, I haven't actually reached this mm. yet. I can actually have this carb meal. Yeah. And it makes little to no difference to fat gain. If anything, it just makes you feel better the next yeah, day. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and it helps you sleep better. Yeah, carbohydrates can actually help you sleep better. Yeah, they, they yeah. legit do. So that one's a good one. Okay. Um, basically reverse. Miranda, um, Miranda McCurry. Um, oh, MC. Uh, would you eat something before early training session, say 6, six in the morning, 7 in the morning? Would you eat something before an early training session, like 6 a.m. in the morning? That's once again up to the individual. Some yeah. people can eat a whole bowl of oats before training and be fine. Others can't drink a sip of water and, you know, they'll be ill. So it's, yeah. up to, it's totally within the individual. Some people prefer training fasted. If you're someone that trains fasted, I'd have something with carbohydrates the night before. So you've yeah. got a bit of fuel in the tank to go in the morning. Yep. If you need something in your tummy but you can't handle much, have maybe like a quick ripe banana and a protein shake or just a protein shake. Um, if you're wanting to get up an hour and a half or an hour earlier, have mm. like a decent meal of like protein and carbo low GI carbohydrates and maybe a bowl of oats or some eggs on toast. Yeah. But then again, I mean, who wants to get up an hour, <laughs> an hour beforehand? <laughs> an hour before a 5 a.m. class? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that definitely that's the individual sort of question. There's mm. no 
there's no silver bullet yes. and it's not going to make an ounce of difference. Exactly. It just depends on the person. Just an experiment, guys. Yeah, find and out. just be sensible. And, right? the, and the funny thing is, just because you're a I wake up an hour early eggs and toast person at this point in your yeah, life, yeah. doesn't mean that three months down the track so you're going to be that person so as well. So true. Our nutrition goes in waves yeah. and cycles. So, you know... You've seen it yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there might be one time where you're not so happy in your life and you are just eating like an asshole, <laughs> And then <laughs> you might be super happy and the things are just easy. They just fall into place. You're just making good decisions and it's easy to maintain your weight. So it, yeah. really, it really, you know, you, you, how you feel about your body is how you're feeling about life in general. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, any other questions? Yes, um, uh, I'm strange guys. See you in the Nothing. I don't tell anyone they can't have anything. I say if you wanna if you wanna go and eat a whole birthday cake, you do that, but tell me what you learn from it. Yeah. Okay. You know? So I, I let them make those decisions for themselves. I'm not there to be their you know, their prosecutor. Yep. Um, I'm there to support them in their decisions and help them find what works for them. So in relation to that, when you have a client that wants to eat birthday cake mm -hmm. and they come to the conclusion that they can eat birthday cake within a certain amount yep. and feel good about themselves, how happy are you? That for me is a step towards a better relationship with food and that's all I want for my client. I have their greatest goal in mind. Their goal might be to lose five kilos. My goal is for them to be happy. Yeah. So if I can find a way where they're happy with their relationship with their body, their mind and food, bang, I've done my job right. Yeah, be set free, hey. Yes, freedom, that's all we want. Yeah, I think, yeah, be, take note. Um, <laughs> One thing which I didn't bring up was supplementation and yeah. obviously like I'm from the scene um, yes. and so it's a deep point and we spoke about it before where, where you were at a seminar and I was speaking beforehand <laughs> yeah. and um, coming from 12 years, sorry 14 years now in the supplement industry and I'm like no, 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 like you've got to do this, it's fine, it's natural, like all these sorts of things and um, you had a different view. Mm -hmm. um, one thing before I actually ask the question is I've got to set it up. So. I was with a friend one night, and um, I think we were all together at a party, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I had I to... I we were at the line of the hippie club, weren't we? Yeah, we were at the line of the yeah. hippie club. Yeah, I we're won't say which friend people. it was, but he's very yeah. passionate about his supplements and his brand, and like, you know, just does such a great job. And he passionately went, he didn't know who you were, but he passionately went on to tell you about how great the products were and how much they'd changed his life. Um, and before he was messed up on pre-workouts and stuff, but then he stopped the pre-workouts and he started taking these products and then he, he was transformed and he feels great. And your answer, I was in hysterics, <laughs> oh, was... I had a lot of wine that night, I don't know what oh, I said. No, it was the best, it was the best. It was, are you sure it was your products or are you sure it was the products that fixed you or the fact that you came off all the pre-workouts and the crap? <laughs> And I was in hysterics, his face went blank because it was probably the best answer that I've ever heard in my life to this day. Um, I stand by that one. Yeah, and so do I, like, like massively. But then how many people come to you wanting a silver bullet thinking they're going to find it in a pill? Oh, so many people. And the thing is with supplements is you need a supplement if you need to supplement your diet. Yeah. If you can get it from your diet why are you taking the supplement? Yep. To try to put a little bit more effort into getting those things in your diet. Yes, there are things like magnesium that are super important. It's very easy to excrete magnesium when we're most people, a lot. Yeah, most people yeah. are low mag. And there yep. are something, you know, you might want to take a multivitamin to get you covered. And once again, I'm not a clinical nutritionist, so absolutely go and see someone if you do think there is a deficit there somewhere. Yeah. Um, but things like protein, that's, you know, it's good to have because it's convenient. But other than that, mm. 
it's a supplement. Yeah, you know? 100%. So mm. I, I had these discussions this morning um, and going with the deficits and, and what you're deficient in. Um, I get blood tests done mm. like around every six weeks and that's that's because I'm doing this thing. I don't recommend that. Um, yeah. You know, maybe twice a year, if yeah. that. Um, but yeah, most people are low mag, some some low zinc, um, yeah. and these are basic things that tend mm -hmm. to come up often. Um, now, someone asked me the question this morning about protein, and again, I went down to, hey, well, your requirements based on your body size are probably about between here and here. How's your eating? Do you reach those? Like, you know, do you eat high protein foods? No, nah, not really. It's like, okay, so... Start there. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a good uh, piece of advice. If mm -hmm. you were someone that had a mega high protein diet, you probably don't need more. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. yeah, exactly, exactly. And one thing as well, touching on pills, is that pills, everything can have a placebo effect. Yeah. So if you're taking all these things, like when I was chronically fatigued, I was taking all these things just madly trying to get better. And all I was doing was confirming to myself every day that I was broken. Okay. Take a pill because I'm broken. Take this pill because I'm broken. Take this pill because I'm broken. I just yeah, stayed sure. broken because I was constantly reminding myself by taking all these supplements and, you know, things that I thought were the magic pill would make me better. But I'm just... Confirming myself every day, you're still broken. Yeah, the it's minute like I stopped taking them, I felt so much better. Yeah, I sense that too. Like, like I, I have a similar experience. Again, not saying like, like definitely not saying supplements are bad. Like, I'm still no, a massive fan. Yeah. Um, and there's they things which I prefer. Yeah, 100. percent But that's part of what I say is like the first part of any seminar I give is supplements are supplementary to a good mm. training program mm. and a diet. Um, as far as the difference between this protein and this protein, this protein is like next to very minimal as far as yeah. actual results yeah. you're gonna get. Like, it, it comes down to personal preference. Yeah. So. And you know what? Spend your money smart. Yeah. Like, if you want to take some supplements, find out what you need. Yeah. Go and see a professional that can tell you where you're lacking yeah and then go and buy those supplements don't Correct. just buy whatever you saw looks good on the net yeah 100 percent. the guy on instagram is taking it yeah i i agree with that go buy a barefoot investor oh i got no shoes <laughs> on again go buy a barefoot investor and uh spend the money there like i think that's probably a good option yeah. too um is there anything that you do take outside of like like something that you you take um i ongoing? take an <laughs> and a probiotic is that that's a pregnancy it. thing yeah it's for breastfeeding oh, yeah. that makes sense so you don't need to take that wouldn't <laughs> no. recommend that for you nah. <laughs> um, but a probiotic's a good one as well yep okay yeah. cool like, i don't mind a probiotic is that something that you delve into like gut health and stuff yeah i do but i come from the angle of emotional health because emotional health has a great impact on our gut health sure um yeah so i kind of talk about stress and, and past trauma and things like that to sort of heal that to help us go forward and have a stronger gut. Yeah, sure. Because yeah. um, obviously that's something now which has become so popular mm. within that fitness health sort of yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also become another burden in the industry yeah. where people are like, I can't eat this, I can't eat yeah. this, my gut, what's happening? Ah, oh, damn. Know, the interesting thing, and I see this with a lot of people, and yes, there are true allergies and true intolerances, but when you're um, massively stressed because you're following a super restrictive diet, you could be wearing down your gut health simply by deciding that I'm going to be paleo and I can't have any sugar and I can't have any dairy. And that's daily. Every decision you make about food, which is a lot of decisions in one day and a lot of stress that you're putting that's unnecessary on your system. Mm. So, and when we are in stress, it's your fight or flight system. So what happens is your blood chumps away from your digestive system. Sure, okay. You don't need your digestive system to digest your sweet potato fries when you're in danger. Yeah. So what happens is they might then have a cup of tea with some milk in it and because they're in this stress state all the time, they're not going to digest well. Okay. And then that confirms to them, oh my God, I've got poor gut health and oh, I can't have milk anymore. Yep. So they, they can kind of create intolerances that way. Yep. Yeah. So just relax people. 
just chill out. Just relax. Just chill. Do you float tank? Just a bit randomly? I tried. I tried. I'm not very good at it. Is it just time just and spending time in there? ponging myself around there. So I'm the same, but I really want to approach it again and I want to have a good go because people get great results off yes. it as far as relaxation. Yep. So that's going to be one of my projects. The best tip I got after I came out of it, um, I, went, I went to one in North Perth and dude was so chill. He's like, dude. Just, I just use it as a think tank. I'm like, oh, that's so great. Like, just yeah. go in there and just like use it to think. Like, okay. I was putting so much pressure on myself to clear my mind and meditate and be zen. And yeah. I was just like, mm, getting so tense and yeah. not actually enjoying the moment. Because we're both yellow. So people yes. that don't know, you guys, you guys at Frantic, or sorry, you guys at Fitness HQ, yeah. always speak about these colours. Um, They're the equilibrium colours if you want to Google them. So, and, and a yellow is? The yellow is someone that's, um, they're a people person, they're quite outgoing, they are very spontaneous and mm. impulsive and, um, yeah, they, yeah. So sitting in a float tank, because yeah. I did 15 minutes <laughs> and then I got out, pulled a selfie stick out, took a few photos <laughs> and then got out of there. I went, yeah, my job here's done. 15 minutes? Yeah, 15 I minutes. I lasted the whole hour at least. Oh, did you? Yeah. The first one I did, um, I, I've done two. So the first one I lasted, but I was still using a lot of pre-workout around yeah. there. So relaxing was impossible and it was Ooh. torture. Um, the second one, I was just like, nah, 15 minutes, I'm done. Yep. But now I think I'm a lot more chill yeah. um, that I want to actually go in and give it a crack because we're talking about, like, in, like through this, we're talking a lot about relaxation mm. and it's definitely something which I think would be beneficial. Totally, totally. Anything that you can do in your life that adds more pleasure to it, because mm. pleasure and relaxation are the remedy to the stress response. Mm -hmm. So if you can put more pleasure and relaxation into your life, you can mediate some of the stress. Yep, 100%. Mm. Um, any more questions? <laughs> Did he actually Put write that? Already. <laughs> oh, nice. I love it. All right. Well, we could start to wrap it up now. I think that's awesome. Um, now, um, before we go, I do have one question yeah. about binging. Yeah. Oh, Brett's got a question. Melatonin and sleep assist and getting your, if you're a late night, like myself. Yeah. And I still will work out during the day, like early in the afternoon, but I'm still wired. Yeah. And using like a sleep assist or sleep yep. assist. That, that's okay. Um, I wouldn't want to rely on it for a long term, but I would say, how's your stress? Are you managing it well? Can, can I answer this? Yeah. Um, so Brett um, has trouble sleeping at night. I've got to let people know because oh, they might sorry. have heard. So Brett has trouble sleeping at night or winding down because he work, he's a late nighter, works mm. late at night, um, but trains in the afternoons. What pre-workout are you using? <laughs> I've seen that ESP sitting at your desk. Okay. How much coffee do you drink? <laughs> So yeah. people respond to caffeine differently. Have you experimented with cutting some out? I don't know. That. I, know. I, I never <laughs> force people to cut their coffee, but I always say everyone. But I always say, you know, people respond differently to it. So you might be able to have an espresso before you go to bed and sleep like a baby. Someone might have a coffee in the morning at 9am and have trouble sleeping. So it's always a something to take into account. Yeah, I think so. I used to like take a pre-workout at 5 p.m. Oh, um, God. Yeah, and I wouldn't <laughs> sleep. Like, I mean, and I legit thought I had insomnia oh, and no. I never blamed the pre-workout <laughs> and I went for about four years like oh, this. God, yeah, I'm not kidding. So I'd be up playing like FIFA. Yeah, I know. Oh, I'd be up no. playing FIFA at like, you know, 2 a.m. in the morning, like yelling at people through the internet. Oh. But um, I was just steamed up and pre-workout. Yeah. Um, anyway, you've got to get home to Sean right. and you've got a baby to take care of. Hey, he should be cooking dinner for me. You should be, Sean. I told him how to... You just need to turn the oven on and put it in. Yes. Um...
before we go, you. So we've got the giveaway that we'll sort out tomorrow. So we're going to repost this, cut the best bits out for you guys, and we'll have a winner announced to it. Um, now you have small group. Yes, I'm starting um, small group challenges. So yep. basically, with a lot of the stuff that I do in with nutrition counselling, I delve deep. So I want to create intimate groups for people to yep. have challenges. So grab five friends, um, and then we're going to basically you can do macro um, eating, or we can do mindful, or you can learn macros and then go to mindful. Um, so you will get a macro. Um, numbers and then each week it goes for six weeks I give you other tasks so mindset body image stress related sleep gut health all of that stuff into a little group and we discuss it each week and things like that so um, that's kicking off I want I want to give away a discount to the first three groups that book mm -hmm. and give you $50 off each yes um, so $300 individually it's down to 258 how many weeks is it six weeks if someone doesn't have five or four friends to make a five group? Uh, yeah, so it would just be a like $1,500 for the whole challenge and just share that between the three of you. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Cool, that's sweet. So we'll put all the details for this tomorrow. Make sure you tune in. Um, any questions before we go? Kimbo Slice, thanks, thanks for being for on. Me. Absolute pleasure. Mm. Lovely. We're mm. out. Thanks, guys. Bye. Stay tuned.